All right, and we are live. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Welcome to episode number two of Umarpreneur Live, the amazing podcast where I'm joined by Muslim entrepreneurs at the top of their game to break down business, lifestyle, and entrepreneurship from a Muslim perspective. And today on this podcast, I have my very dear friend, Shaheen Akbarali, who is a motivational and empowerment success coach. She has worked with businesses and with people one-on-one to help them take their business and their success to the next level. Shaheen, th- thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having <laughs> me. I'm excited to be a guest on your podcast. Alhamdulillah, I'm really happy that you're here and happy that you took the time to join us and to share your value uh, with the entire audience. And as always, before uh, we get started with Ivan Shaheen here, she has her own coaching company. It's called Lift Me Up Coaching Collective, uh, which I think it's an amazing name uh, because that's exactly what she, what she does. She lifts people up, she empowers them. And so can you tell us a little bit about the background, about before you came uh, to, into, into being this person that you know has this this whole coaching program, this coaching business, how who was Shaheen before that, and how did she even stumble entrepreneur onto entrepreneurship? Yeah, interesting. We all have a backstory, <laughs> right? We all started yeah. somewhere. Um, this Malat. So, you know, I, I think for me it started at a young age. Um, you know, seeing my father, who was in the um, men's clothing line industry um, with fashion and and um, you know different um, cloths and material, um, he was someone who was always, you know, well into fashion. Um, his style was on point, on track, and that's how we kind of all grew up. And mm. I had that one-on-one time with him growing up, um, helping him through his business and like working as a student job and, you know, learning the tricks of the trade. And right. I think that's what kind of sparked my interest. Um, I think seeing my father be his own boss and, you know, mm. um, help people even though it was with fashion he was able to consult them he was able to you know give them what they need and at the end of the day that was their success story right okay Um, they needed to have their style on point they needed to have a specific type of look um, for whatever the occasion was and you know that's where it kind of all started and he really was um kind of like my backbone to spark that interest and inspire me to you know, reach the sky. Um, I know it sounds cliche, but he would always encourage me, like, you know, try it out, go do new things, see the world, like, you know, and I think that's where it all started. And um, it's interesting because I feel like I was always blind a little bit to what my skill set was and what my offering was. Um, Although I felt that I was always giving it to others, whether it was through my schooling and to my friends or to my extended family and consulting them or through my community service work and working with different organizations and not-for-profit organizations, always having that moment to connect with people and really help them see their success help mm-hmm. you get to their success story. And I feel like once I got them to that point, the feeling that I have or had was just like unreal. You can't even explain it. And that's what kept me going on and on and on. And subhanAllah, Allah subhanAllah just kept on giving me those cues and those, you know, those signs, but I just missed it, but kept on doing it. <laughs> right. <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, 100%. So yeah, I think that's where it all started because I really enjoy the company of people around me and I enjoy seeing them achieve their success. Um, okay. You know, it it really makes me feel whole and connected when I'm able to contribute to someone's success story. So 
So that's where it's coming from. Wow. Okay. So, mashallah, I mean, that's an amazing uh, backstory. And, and you mentioned that you kind of grew up with an influence around you of an entrepreneur, which is your father, a powerful father figure that was also in this space, was a leader in his own right. And that influenced you, mashallah, which is amazing. And it served as an inspiration. I want to dive into the Shaheen before she even thought like, you know what, this is, you know, this feels great. I want to make a business out of this. What sparked, there's always kind of a moment in our life where we feel like, okay, this is, I'm pretty good at this. I'm, I feel like this is my calling. I really enjoy it. Why don't I actually do it for a living? What, what, when was that time where you actually decided to make something out of this and, and, and really go all in? 100%. And um, I, I'm sure um, perhaps yourself and many, many others who will listen to this can relate, inshallah. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it, becoming an entrepreneur is something that is like a start and stop journey until you actually get there. And yes. I feel that I would always have these like, either like side journal messages that I would put in there, my vision boards that I would pop on different pieces of, you know, what sparked my passion and interest. Um, you know, I would have like 50 billion notes in my iPhone where it's saying like, you know, yeah, this is going to be your focus. This is going to be the vision. This is what you're going to give out. Right. Right. I heard a quote somewhere. I pop it and just park it into a, you know, a little, a little book. So it was kind of like um, a plethora of different um, pieces that came together. Okay. And, uh, maybe about a year ago, um, I was uh, laid off from my job. And okay. that kind of gave me a little bit more of a spark to continue mm. to um, discover my passion. Right. And, uh, you know, I started talking to a lot of people. Um, and, and, you know, people within my uh, community, people within my circle who I trust, who I have like a great connection in, you're able to dialogue and bounce things off of, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, subhanAllah, it was one of these days, and I know I, I also took your course and that helped immensely as well. Alhamdulillah, <laughs> happy. Out there, <laughs> set me on the right track. Alhamdulillah. Um, but I feel like when I actually found the spark, I was just really talking to a person and I was vetting out um you know this motivation thing this empowerment thing and all of a sudden like a ton of bricks it just hit me and i was like to my friend wait what am i doing i was like I i've been doing this all along why am i not honoring the gift that allah SWT gave me yes and, you know I'm, I'm motivating everybody here and there i'm talking to them i'm giving it to them i'm supporting them but at the end of the day i'm not um you know optimizing the skill and this is truly something that I love to do like, you know, I feel it, I see it, I hear it, I breathe it. It's just part nice. of me. It's part of my identity. And, you know, once that all came together, I went home that day and all of those notes and scribbles started to make sense. It started to come as clear. And that's what fostered Lift Me Up Coaching Collective. Um, you know, as you mentioned in the beginning, I'm all about lifting people up and not just lifting them up temporarily but permanently so that they can feel that journey that i went through right mm -hmm. so i want them to get their own journey and i think that's what really was the hook i was like you know Allah one of gave you the cues gave you the triggers you're not missing it this time <laughs> you need to just put it into fruition and get there Beautiful. so yeah i think that's what Made it Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. That's awesome. And, it, and it's really great to hear. And, and there's actually something um, I know we spoke earlier and, and uh, of course, we're familiar with each other. You took part in in, our, in my program and, and yeah. mashallah, you were one of the best uh, students to ever go through it. And, and just your passion and your six and, and your motivation behind what you do, like just 
how you go all in and how how much hard work you put into everything you do is inspiring, mashallah. And I love that about you. Um, you have a little bit of background that I want to touch upon, and it's you also worked with a lot of organizations that help women that are in need. Um, organizations like Nisa Helpline. Uh, can we touch on that for a little bit? Did that actually also help you in diving into entrepreneurship and in starting this business? Did that help yeah, you in any way? Yeah. You know, it's such an important aspect of building who you are. And, you know, um, in terms of the community service work that I started to participate in, like Nissa Helpline, um, which is um, a helpline for women, and Being Me, which is an empowerment um, organization for women, um, I feel like that also plugged into my journey towards uh, Lift Me Up Coaching Collective. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you're working with people, when you're supporting the people that you're working with, so even just like the volunteers themselves, and you're hearing their stories, their struggles, and then you're supporting others through the events and programs that you roll out, it truly brings it back to you and it truly humbles yourself. Because then you're able to peel apart the layers through their stories and narratives and reflect upon them to make sense of your own. Right. Um, SubhanAllah, everyone has a story. Everyone yeah. has their struggles and challenges. And, you know, when I see these amazing sisters go through the toughest of times and come out shining on top, to me, that's amazing. And I want to continue to evolve that and share that out with as many people as I can. Um, you know, it, it's tough out there. We all go through, you know, different challenges. But when you hear it firsthand, when you're experiencing it through the eyes of others, it truly helps to form the building blocks of where you're heading. And, you know, I think that's one of the important keys when you're also um, trying to figure out your path and trying to keep motivated, look outside, make a connection, yeah. right? Uh, whether it's you're starting with your friend circle, your community, uh, organizations that you're volunteering with, take a peek and listen to what they're saying because that will definitely add to the clarity that you need. 100%. And one thing that I, that I want to also dive into Working with Nisa Helpline, and it's something that I want to touch into because I think it's relevant to what we do, and then we'll we'll, we'll dive right back to uh, your expertise. As you mentioned, it's a helpline that really helps women uh, that are struggling, and specifically struggling with with, I would say even even issues that are maybe sometimes not talked about as much, things like domestic abuse and uh, things things that women normally struggle with and uh, don't really talk about in in our community. And I think it's important to bring up right now. Just a little side note that I want to do because I think it would be beneficial. We are. Uh, in a quarantine state, did that have an effect on these cases? Did that have an effect on the number of people that are calling the helpline because they need more help? Has that, has that yeah. caused any changes? Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it definitely strikes a chord across the board, um, whether it's NISA helpline or other organizations um, similar to them, you know, calls are coming in that's spiking up the calls um, internally when you're dealing with your volunteers and employees of the organizations they're feeling the brunt of it um, you know fear um, doubt uh, stress anxiety you name it um, spikes and calls with some of the topics that you mentioned domestic abuse uh, depression anxiety all of that is flourishing up Mm. Um, so definitely there is a spike um, as a result of COVID I would say and you know um, 
having that notion come up, um, we've had to internally re-strategize, right? Re-strategize how we support um, our team members internally, which is, you know, keeping them motivated, um, helping them to participate in some of the campaigns and strategies that we're putting together, and then making sure that we keep afloat on the front line for women in the community that need our help. Right. There's a lot of people out there that given this situation, um, you know, they're really feeling it. They're impacted even more so because they're indoors and they don't have an outlet. So, you know, whether it's the phone or whatever it is, they're able to connect with us. So we've internally had to come together to continue to strategize and, you know, put together different campaigns such as our Ramadan campaign and continue to help support, keep it a viable service, inshallah. Inshallah. And, and the, the work you do is amazing, which is why I want to slightly touch upon it in case um, it's relevant for anyone. This is something that is offered, alhamdulillah, as a service. And you're part of it and you volunteered in it. And as we just said earlier, that volunteering experience has also helped you because it kind of gave you that hands-on experience of empowering women and motivating them and just lifting them up, which then brought you to actually do this full-time as a business. So I want to touch upon that a little bit right now and ask for someone that might be struggling with something like this right now, um, what's usually the process that you take them through? Struggling with an issue like feeling a bit of de depression or feeling maybe like they're in a situation that's a bit unhealthy in terms of their relationship, but they're stuck indoors. Is there anything that they can do to make this situation better? Yeah, for sure. You know, one thing that we really, um, uh, you know, not focus on is just giving that listening ear, right? Um, mm -hmm. Making sure that you're giving them a safe, comfortable um, plateau to listen and let them know that, you know, we're here to listen to you, right? Mm -hmm. This is a safe space. It's a secure space. Um, you know, this is confidential. It's anonymous. Um, we also provide faith-based counseling, which gives us that extra layer of uniqueness in providing the support to them. Yeah. So, you know, all of that together, I feel forms a toolkit for um, reviving their hope, right? Even if they're not finding the answer 100%, at least when they're leaving their, this call, they're in a much better state and frame of mind, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, firstly, I would say, listen. Secondly, you know, make sure that they understand that all of the components that they're sharing with us is confidential. And then thirdly, you want to be able to not be judgmental and critical, right? They're already going through the situation. They're already feeling the pains and the angst of what this challenge or test is bringing to them. So harping on that doesn't get them at a better state. It actually just, you know, makes them in a law, they just stay there, right? So, you know, you, you want to come from a, a direction of encouragement, a direction of recognizing what they're saying, recognizing their feelings and understanding how they're feeling and letting them know that it's okay to feel that way, right? Mm -hmm. So those I would say are the like first few steps and then you can get more into it in exchange of dialogue, right? So, you know, well, with this particular aspect, you know, have you tried breathing techniques? Have you tried different techniques to help you cope with it? Um, you know, as I said, we also have an element of faith-based counseling. So we're able to draw upon that and bring up different types of Islamic teachings that could be beneficial for their frame of mind and their state of mind as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah. That's that's amazing, mashallah. And, and to touch upon that a little bit more, do you think that volunteering is an important part of building yourself as an entrepreneur, as a business person? You have a volunteering history. Do you feel like it was important in any way? 
I think it is pivotal to have some sort of volunteering um, initiative or gig that you go into mm-hmm. um, because you really need to understand the grassroots, right? You need to go in and start afresh, right? Start as any other person out there. And it's only when you're out there knowing what your community is going through, what people are going through, um, even if, if even if you're unable to help, having a layer of understanding and compassion towards that, I truly feel helps to build um, the confidence and the understanding that one would need in order to take the steps towards entrepreneurship, right? Mm-hmm. Being an entrepreneur, um, I see myself as a servant leader, right? You want to be in a position where you understand the people that are working around you, you understand the people that you're working for, and you're able to take and draw from that and you know, support them, right? So it's clearly important to understand what's happening, what's going on in your community. And I feel that volunteering is the key to that. It's the premise. Um, You know, when you're helping others through that journey, you're actually finding different gems to help yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what allowed me largely to get to where I need to be. It's the support system, it's the experience, it's the discovery, it's, you know, the unknown, and you're building on different types of characteristics and personalities to help you to get to where you need to be without even knowing it. So, right. alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah, definitely. And just to kind of build upon that as well, because I think a lot of people when they're starting off in entrepreneurship or in business, they might feel like they're in a place where, okay, I kind of have this idea. I've, I've, tried, I've tried it before. I've helped my friends do it. I have helped people around me do it but I need a bit more hands-on experience. And just like we also talk about in the program, if you have something that you want to offer, but you're not fully comfortable building a business out of it or even charging people for it yet, a great way to do it is just to offer it for free. Just work for free and help other people for the sake of serving. And you'll learn so much more about how you can serve people better, how you can really create an impactful service or an impactful business that actually transforms lives and and helps people in in a really impactful way. And volunteering is just an awesome gateway gateway to that because the volunteering organizations will find these clients for you. They'll find the people for you. They have people coming to them that need help. So you just have, and they're looking for people who can offer services and help them out. They're always looking for more resources. So just going in there and, and lending a helping hand, I think is really an, an easy way to, to kind of get your foot in the door and, and start testing out, okay, how, how can I serve people better? And let me get to know others and what they're going through, what kind of struggles they have, and how can I hone my, my service and my skills to help them in the best way possible? Would you agree? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more because um, just to add on a little bit to that, I feel that through my own journey, I was able to optimize some of my offerings through, you know, being me and Mr. Helpline asking me to, you know, can you conduct this session for our team members? Um, mm-hmm. You know, are you able to participate and facilitate this session? And, you know, overall, that's also benefiting the organization with some of the skill sets that um, myself and some of the others would have to contribute and, and share it. And it's also giving exposure, right? Mm-hmm. And a little bit of testing the waters because, you know, um, once you're starting, you, you have that little bit of apprehension to be like, oh, am I going to be good? How's this going to work? Yeah. So, you know, why not? try it with people that you're super comfortable with. Of course, of course, Hamdan, definitely I agree. And if we were to um, now dive into the motivational, the empowering aspect of, of what you do, and specifically for organizations, I have an interesting question for you, and it's that mm-hmm. you've worked with organizations before, you've also led group coaching sessions with employees of organizations. 
why is that? Why do organizations even hire you? What is it that organizations need that they're missing internally where they have to get an outside resource to come and help out? What is it that key piece that they're missing? Why, what do you come in and do exactly? Great question. Um, you know, one thing that I've noticed in, in having this journey of community service work and being a volunteer is, um, you know, at times, although you're working with a lot of people, um, you know, at, at any given point, you may have um, a multitude, a mountain high of work to do. Right. Or, you know, although you're you have other people doing work, you still feel the brunt of it. You feel lonely um, yeah. going through this journey. You start to feel after a few months uh, demotivated and you lose that uh, focus of why you initially started to do this work. What, why am I doing this? Right. And then you start to really like, you know, that, that actually impacts productivity. It mm -hmm. starts to trickle down and perhaps impact the overall vision where the organization is trying to head towards. Right. And you know, that, that all comes in full circle. And um, you know, the more you don't pay attention to fostering the personal development aspect of your team members or employees, then it's really, demotivating them and that could result into far greater impacts organizationally and sometimes even you know losing key members who can benefit in the long run and um you know having gone through similar experiences of feeling the dips of motivation when you're working um you know with uh, community service work in not-for-profit in dawa work especially um you know you you do feel your highs and lows and mm -hmm. when it's low it's really low and, you know, um, I truly feel that, you know, as an organization coming in with what I have to offer um, really allows you to bring the why am I doing this in the first place to the forefront. And as you start to bring it to the forefront and you work with the team members for them to understand and unpeel the layers of their purpose, then at the same time, what you're doing is you're reviving the organization's vision and you're really putting it into motion to sustain where they want to head. Right. Otherwise, it's kind of like broken all apart. One person's doing this, one person's doing that. And, you know, as a leader, you're really trying to kind of muster everybody together to get to that vision. And it becomes very challenging. It becomes mm -hmm. like hitting your head against a brick wall. Right. We're human at the end of the day. Yes, we do this for the sake of Allah SWT, but we feel the brunt of it. And, um, you know, with me coming in, I'm able to custom consult you to understand the challenges of your organization, um, identify those and plug it into my standard offering uh, program to help you get to where the team members need to be. And my whole um, thing is coming back to the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. What was that feeling that you had entering into volunteering or participating or helping or supporting what is your why how did it make you feel what was your purpose in doing it and i feel like once you take them through these series of steps to better revisit where they started from it truly starts to recarve out um, the revival of their purpose and why they're doing what they're doing that makes sense so you touched upon something really important here as well that i would i'd like to to kind of peel back a little bit more and that's do you do you feel that motivation or do you think motivation and vision are closely intertwined do you think that when someone says i'm not really motivated to do this anymore i started out i have trouble 
you know, seeing things through. Is, is this a vision problem? Is it a motivation problem? Is it a discipline problem? What kind of problem is that? Yeah, you know, you, you mentioned um, a lot of good points there, and I will use the lens of my motivational <laughs> background to, to add to it. Um, sure. I truly feel that, yes, discipline is, is part of it, right? And, you know, when you are disciplined, then you're able to um, consistently look at what you need to do and continue to complete those steps. So I feel mm -hmm. like 100% that's a component of it. Um, another aspect of it is I do feel that motivation has a large part of feeding directly into the vision. When you start off building your vision, it's kind of like where you want to be, where you want to get to. And this is ultimately, you know, the dream of your organization, yourself, right, in terms of where you want to head. And this is where you want to get to. And when you're not feeling motivated, it doesn't allow you to complete these steps that you need to get to. And motivation is in different ways, right? It could come through uh, a one-to-one -one coach. It could come through creating your routine. It could come through having um, a vision session and getting people energized and buzzed, right? It can um, happen through a dialogue with someone and understanding the challenges that they have and then them finding the solutions and feeling energized again. Mm -hmm. So there's different outlets of motivation. And I feel like when it comes to vision, it's coming back to the root of what your biggest dream is to, to get to. Where do you want to be with your passion, with where you're heading? Um, so yeah, motivation, discipline, um, various motivational um, tactics are definitely part of your vision. That makes sense. And so I'm someone that advocates, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. I'm someone that advocates for discipline. Um, and I think discipline really is the key to seeing things through. It's just really establishing um, a lifestyle where, you know, because you're your own boss, usually in terms of whether it's something as simple as making your bed, no one's going to come and yell at you. I mean, unless you have family around you that does, but um, make up, you making your bread, your bed or working on your business. Most of the time you have to push yourself. And, and, yeah. and for me, I think I'm, I'm a huge discipline driven guy. And I think it's discipline, discipline. Um, you come in here, you're saying it is, it is, I acknowledge that it's also motivation Okay, how do we how do we make the best of both worlds? Is there a way to implement motivation into your into your routine into discipline? Is there is, should it be more motivation focused? Should it be more discipline focused? What can what can we do in terms of concrete yeah, you're, you're, actions? Yeah, go for you're it. Spilling the tea here, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I I do feel that um, you know both of them can come together mm -hmm. um, because you know even when you have your vision, you need to start somewhere. You need to create some sort of routine, some sort of schedule, some sort of plan in order for you to understand the steps that you need to get to. So that that's the first part of it, right? Mm -hmm. And once you establish that, then the discipline comes in. You know, um, finding that self motivation to help you to continue to work through those steps to get to your vision, mm -hmm. and to touch on that self motivation part. Like for me personally, um, you know, Subhanallah, like having yourself as a mentor really helps me to keep to task when. Mm -hmm. I am not completing a task. I know I'm disappointing <laughs> Abby and Umapreneur and everything. Then subhanAllah, that really weighs heavy. And I'm like, nope, I need to get going. I need to get, get it done. Um, but what motivates me about it is that, you know, 
the the gift that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me, am I truly maximizing its potential, right? And, you know, I don't want to disappoint Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I'm going to seek him to help me connect spiritually to revive that motivation in me to keep disciplined right mm -hmm. to keep working towards my goal and you know um that's one thing that i'm very very tied to is you know turning to our creator to ask for that motivation to ask for that help to ask for clarity and to keep connected with him because that's also where it all starts and once yeah. he places that you know, that clarity in you, that opening, that, that calmness, that motivation is where you're, is where you're going to be able to unwrap the gift, unwrap the gift slowly. And like I said, we're human. So going back to the discipline, and I'm guilty of this, we do fall low, we do have low moments, we do have bad patches, bad days. And, you know, we, we're living life and we have a lot of priorities that we need to balance out. So, you know, what might be discipline for some may not be the same type of discipline for others. So there's different routines and schedules and plans that, you know, I feel we need to look at. And as a coach, that's what I do is look at the angle that would be beneficial for the person. We can't throw a ton of things at them. We need to understand how they receive the information. And I feel that that will help them get their discipline game on and that will help them rise up the level of motivation. Love it. Love it. So let's do some, some actual tangible, implementable daily tasks that even I, I mean, I'm right now benefiting from this and I want to know what can I do? Cause I sometimes wake up and I feel, again, I'm a disciplined guy. So I have a schedule and I just, if I don't adhere to it, I, I, I beat myself up, honestly. So, um, but sometimes I feel like, you know, I'd love, I'd love it if it was a bit more smooth, if, if I could just have that intrinsic motivation, if I could kick into it. So, is there something that I can do if ever I'm, I am feeling a bit low on that motivation though? So is there something that I can do, something simple in my day to kind of revive that, um, that energy towards what I'm working, what I'm working for essentially? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, a few things and, um, you know, for everybody it's different. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt in terms of sure. what you feel works for you. Um, but I, I hear where you're coming from. I mean, definitely when you're disciplined and, and that's your process, having not being able to complete a task really weighs heavy. Right. Um, but what what I've learned through the journey of, like, and, and, you know, working on different projects, different events, different in initiatives and campaigns, you're working on deadlines and tasks day in, day out. Like, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes everything is blending and you're like, wait, what was I supposed to do? So, you know, I feel that when you're having these off days, um, a few things. One, take a step back, take a deep breath and renew your intention. Like, you know, say this a lot and just like totally reflect and, and compose yourself. Because sometimes like, you know, you're just on that go, 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 go mode. And because you're just on all the time, you're unable to really grasp the different um, techniques and the different things that you need to do to help yourself be actually productive, right? Mm -hmm. And actually get to where you need to be even though you're in an off day. Um, once you compose yourself, go back and take a look at that list, that plan that you had for the day. Right. Look at the most important tasks that you need to do and start working at it one step at a time. And one thing that I personally like to add, which is my source of pick me up or pardon the pun, lift me up, um, is really going back. And and this is one of my personal favorites is reflecting on one of Allah's attributes and, you know, Google it 
maybe you have a book, whatever it is, it's on your phone, an app, take a look at it, start to go through it. And I kid you not, um, every single time that I've done this, one of his attributes just resonates with me. And I just reflect upon it, continue to recite it, and it just totally calms me down and resets me to what I need to do for the day. And once I'm doing that, you know, although it would be ideal in a perfect world to get your full day's task list done every single day on point. Um, but realistically, it doesn't happen all the time. So don't be too hard on yourself. Mm. Move it to the next day if it's something that you know you're not going to be able to get do on that day, right? So be flexible within your discipline to help give you that breathing space to not beat yourself up, mm -hmm. I would say. So do you so do you think that be, that having a strict routine but then also in a way where it might make you feel you know like you're not doing the right thing or make you make you feel bad essentially when you don't strictly do it is that actually counterproductive you know it depends <laughs> it really depends um so you know when you do have something that you're working towards um a little bit of pushing and I would say like, you know, and that's where it comes to accountability. And I feel mm -hmm. like that's also um, kind of giving a little bit of a high five to our coaches here, because I feel like having a coach and a mentor really does help to hold that accountability for those who require that type of support and service. Um, having that push and that um, constant reminder that you need to get it done and a, and a system to get it done in is definitely something that I'm an advocate for. Right. Mm -hmm. But beating yourself up personally to be like, OK, I didn't get this done. This is so crappy. I'm just like, I'm done. I'm done for the day. Like totally messes me up. Um, that's something that I'm not a fan of. Right. I mean, right. because it, it happens to the best of us. I've gone through it. And then what it does is it puts you uh, off your game. It, it totally pushes you off. Right. So I, I feel um, that it requires a balance. Right. And there's different types of systems that work for different people. And you just need to understand as a coach and for yourself what works for you and then look at what you need to be able to get that game on, whether that's a coach, a mentor, apps, tools, whatever it is, your spiritual connection to help you get to where you need to be. Inshallah, definitely. And you, you touched also about something really interesting, um, which is renewing your intention something taking a step back and renewing your attention i think that's really powerful because we also have that in islam as a daily practice when it comes to everything that we do um every day before fast we want to renew our attention that okay we're fasting the next day we want every 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 prayer before the prayer we renew the intention this is the that i'm going to pray right now for like or etc anything that we do we start with business we start with this minute we start with the intention and i think it's something that we usually leave out of our daily lives when it doesn't involve faith and spirituality but you, you bring up a really interesting point that you should actually also implement this in your business you should wake up and you should renew the intention of why am i doing this what is this for and that kind of helps kick that motivation those energy levels up which is Interesting. Do you think that spirituality and business have a lot in common? Do you think that we can take from Islam the things that we learn and apply them to business for a more successful entrepreneurship lifestyle? Yeah, for sure. I mean, if we look at our Islamic history and learn from the best of the best, um, I mean, Khadija herself, she was such a powerful businesswoman, right? And if we reflect upon all the resources that she had at a time where probably 
you know, wasn't such a viable option to um, be a businesswoman or a business person, you know, mm -hmm. we, we can draw a lot from that. And she was very successful. Um, you know, a lot of the companions of the Sahabas, they were very successful. And, you know, our religion does teach us how to do business, right? Um, definitely, we do want to be profitable and we want to, you know, um, provide support with our skill sets that we have. And I feel that our religion does lend itself to helping us to support where we need to grasp, right? Whether it's that spiritual connection, whether it's through the law and salah, whether it's renewing your intention, whether it's understanding the dynamics of doing business, like we have all of the components there to marry that together and have that connection. I do feel that um, you know, a, a large portion of the motivational aspect for myself personally and, and for my clients that I work with um, do, do stem on that connection spiritually as well. Um, you know, without that connection, um, I personally feel that you're just like you, you become lost, right? And yeah. through Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's guidance, you're able to gain more momentum, more clarity, more vision and continue to work, um, you know, at where you need to be. 100%. It's also something that we uh, talked about a lot in the program uh, that when we work together, which is how to connect spirituality and faith to what we do every day. And there's lots of different ways to do it. I think we, what you brought up, which is renewing your attention is an extremely powerful way. Mashallah. So I'm, I'm really impressed by that. And it's something that also is a reminder for me, because uh, I often forget and I just want to go, go, go every day and uh, kind of, you know, like uh, pretty much just knock on the door constantly and, and, and do all the work that I can do. But I sometimes forget to under, take a step back, as you mentioned, and remember the why. And that is really, I think, the most important aspect, as you mentioned, because when you remember why you're working out something, when you remember the reason why you started in the first place, it helps you keep going when times get rough. It helps you keep going when, you know, you might be facing struggle, you might be facing hardship. And you mentioned something when in the beginning of this podcast, and it's that you started this business when uh, you got laid off or when, when you stopped working at your, at your old job. And so a door closed for you, but then a new opportunity opened and you realized that there was more that you could do with this new opportunity. So do you think that generally in our life, when we face a certain struggle, when, when something happens, which maybe stops us from doing something that we plan to do, is it because there's something better waiting for us? Is it because we should pivot in a different way? What kind of strategy should we implement in that situation? Yeah, um, and 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 you know, thank you for for mentioning that. Subhanallah, you just like took the words out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. I was just about to, to mention that. <laughs> you know, um, I, I do feel like this life is like a series of tests and, and challenges, right? And you know, understanding how to navigate them is key. And uh, you know, when the news of being laid off was brought to me, I was like, okay. I've been working for over twenty years in the corporate field in different. Yeah you know, roles, uh, all right, okay, God, you have something better for me now. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna cry or frown upon this or get into a dark hole and not come out. Um, mm. I do make it happen and I've had like, you know, moments of, of it, but um, I, I do agree with you on that notion where um, I'll say majority of the times when we are looking for that out, looking for that clarity, looking for the next step, looking for what our success journey is. Usually it's in that moment of chaos. It's in that moment of chaos where everything is turning upside down, left to right, front to back, and you're just at a loss. And I feel that once you make that connection with Allah SWT, 
and you renew your intention and you seek his guidance, he truly has that ultimate better plan for you. So even though that test and that challenge is presented in front of you, know that it's been assigned to you and that it is only you who can work through it. And knowing that another alternative or a solution will come up. And I think that's very important as well when you're, when I'm working with clients and um, individuals and doing coaching, that when a challenge and a problem comes up, I don't look at it as that. I look at it as, okay, something has come up now. How do we go about it? What do we do? How do we get through it? How do we get past it? Is there an alternative? What is the solution? It's not, I can't, I shouldn't, I don't know, no. I don't like that negative aspect of it. And it's interesting because I'm going to go back to my upbringing that brought me to this is that I had a little bit of a yin and yang with, with my parents. And, you know, my father was the one who was like the positive energizer bunny. And he would always like encourage me, tell me to do things like, you know, go do whatever you need to do. And my mom, uh, mashallah, may Allah reward her and bless her. She was more of the strict parent so she would be like no what if oh my god you shouldn't although she still encouraged me in her way it was like a little bit of that and I think through that experience um I've always worked and pushed the boundaries to be like I'm gonna do this I need to do this so I think this is what led me to this part here which I'm sharing with you guys that when a challenge and a problem is presented don't look at it as that look at it as okay this is a challenge this is a test Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought it to me what do I need to do now with this, right? right. Um, and, you know, you just take your time in understanding how to nurture it, how to work through it, and find your out. You mentioned something really important, Shaheen, and it's something that I noticed, but I want to touch upon it. It's that sure. every time you mention, you know, even though we just talked about, okay, if one door closes, another door opens, when we talk about motivation or we talk about anything, you always start with, renewing your connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's the first thing that you say, that's the first thing that you mentioned, which is really interesting. So I want to touch upon that. And it's something that we don't really talk about, but do you do you think that to be able to see that, let's say when the door closes, to be able to see the new door that opens, do you need that connection there in the first place? You know, do, do you first need to establish that connection before you can recognize the new opportunity that you're that you might have or might be faced with? Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't know if I'll categorize it as first, because when I'm, when I'm thinking about someone's um, state of mind, they may not always be in the forefront to recognize that as such, right? And sometimes it comes up in different ways, or you creatively insert it so that they're able to recognize it, right? Um, through dialogue, through activities and all of that. So, I do agree that it's um, it's key. It is key mm -hmm. to renew your intention and turn to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala and be that vulnerable person that you're not, right? Um, you know, many a times we we all have this type of wall or this type of guard in terms of how we go about things, and you know it's hard for us to bring it down, right? And I find that when you are in sujood or you know you're you're talking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or you're connecting with him it's you and him there are no walls there are no guards and you're just 
you're vulnerable and you're putting all your cards out on the table. And once you get to that level where you're able to do that in whatever way that you can, you know, I'm not, I'm not preaching that it has to be a certain way or the other, whatever is good for you, right? Whether that's Salah, whether that's through the thicker, Dawa, recycling, whatever it is, community service work, because um, everything that we do is, is ultimately part of our Dawa, right? So mm-hmm. in whatever way that you start that, it will help to foster that connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and bring you your intention. And once you do that, then it does give you the clarity that you need to move forward. And it may be baby steps. It may be retracting steps. It may be a sidestep, whatever it is. But you're still, you, you still made that initial connection throughout your journey of discovering yourself and discovering where you need to go and how you need to handle this challenge to be able to get through it. And that's where I feel it's, it's monumental to have that renewal of intention and have that connection. I, and I completely agree. And it's something that I personally experienced uh, when I was facing um, my own struggles in my business. And even before I started this entire business, uh, I was running my digital marketing agency. Alhamdulillah, we were doing extremely well. And it, I was at a, this, a point where it was, okay, like, where do I take this? Do I start hiring a bunch of employees? Do I start another side business? What kind of direction do I want my life to go? Uh, and I, it was this question that was really tearing me apart from the inside because I wanted to make sure that I, whatever I started, whatever I did at that point in my life was something that I would love doing for the rest of my life, that I would be fully committed. And uh, subhanAllah, during that time, I also was able to take a little break. Uh, my business was going well and just kind of take that time to reconnect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's only then that I was able to really get inspired and think, you know what, this is what I want to do. I want to start this brand, Omapreneur. I want to work with Muslims. I want to help Muslims and and build businesses and, and be entrepreneurs and you know get into the entrepreneurship world. So it was something that I experienced fully and I can totally relate to what you're saying. And right now it's Ramadan. And so I think it brings up an awesome question, which is, how do we stay motivated in Ramadan for, you know, in, in the initial few days, we all feel that excitement, that rush. We're like, all right, let's go stay up all night. Let's pray 20 rak'az of tarawih. Let's, you know, pray all the rak'az of shafa'ut. Let's make sure that we're praying tahajjud and, and we're super motivated. But as the days go by, obviously that energy starts to wane a little bit and, and that initial kick uh, starts to uh, slowly fade. And we have to make sure we keep that fire burning alive. So now it's Ramadan. I think it's an awesome uh, thing to touch upon. What are some some ways that we can help keep the fire for our ibadah alive, for our worship alive, for staying motivated, for doing prayers, for adhkar, for du'as? Yeah, great, great question. You know, um, I'm going to add um, that, you know, we all know that this Ramadan is different from any other Ramadans that, we, that we've experienced. Yes. And anybody who knows me um, knows that I love to be out and about in Ramadan. Um, I'm such a Ramadan junkie. I actually stay out with my family and friends and we do tarawih, we do tahajjud, we do fajr and we're, we're out. We come back after fajr uh, on the weekends and, you know, we're, we're, we're on the spiritual high, right? So yeah. um, definitely having entertained this Ramadan, I think it's, it's one unlike any other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're right. Um, going into it, everybody was kind of like, oh, like, you know, what is this Ramadan going to look like? We're all going to be indoors. But, you know, when I when I heard people saying that, I actually said, you know what? This is going to be the best Ramadan ever. Like, think about it. Like, you know, usually we don't have the time to do a lot of the things that we've set forth for us to do. And yeah. now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us, like, 
multitudes of time. Like, you know, like you're, you're indoors. I want you to focus on me, on Ramadan, on your goals of what you need to do. And I got excited about that. Um, you know, I actually decorated a space in, in my house. Um, Beautiful. I, you know, made a little area for my husband and myself to pray in to just create that ambiance. Um, I, anybody who knows me, I love uh, decor and attention to detail and creating an ambiance. So, you know, I, I feel like create your space in your house, whether that's with yourself or with your family, um, like, you know, create a salat area, bring out the decorations if you need to, right? Um, put your uh, Quran and everything that you need in an area where it's accessible to you. Because you, if you think about it, ambiance also creates a positive environment. And when mm -hmm. you're in that environment and you're seeing the things that you love and that you need, um, it's definitely going to trigger that inspiration and that motivation to get you to do it, right? Um, SubhanAllah, I kid you not, my Quran's on my table and I would say I'm reading it more now this year than I ever have in previous years because it's just like, it's that space that we created, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that's important. I think also going back to the initial thing that we spoke about, which is renewing your intention daily, right? Just pushing yourself to wake up, um, like, you know, surrounding yourself by your family, friends, and community as well. And I know that, you know, we can't meet up face-to-face -face or indoors or yeah. going masjid hopping or whatever it is. Um, but, you know, do it virtually. Have a virtual iftar. Um, connect with people virtually, do video calls, um, spread it out, and maybe do it where it's at a time where it's not impacting your ibadah, right? Do it mm -hmm. during uh, a little bit before iftar or during iftar, like have dinner with them or something like that, right? Or for sahur. Um, I think I met up with one of my friends in the cars and we were just like eating our sahur, having a chit chat. It was just in my driveway and, you know, that just made my day. I was like, I haven't seen you guys in a while and this was just, it was good catching up. We ate a burger and we were good to go, right? So, you know, find the things that you love and reinvent them. Reinvent them so that it's purposeful for you, right? Um, you know, find a recipe for your family. Um, you know, have, do a list of things that you want to do. Put it on something that's attractive so that you're drawn to it, right? So create motivation with the things that you love and need in order to continue to foster that consistent um, inspiration on a day-to-day -day basis is what I would say. Mm -hmm. and, and you touched upon a really amazing point, which is to create that ambience in the house, because again, we can't go to the masjid right now. We can't uh, go to our community centers. So a really great way is to kind of have a de designated corner in your house uh, where you just, as you mentioned, you decorate it, you put the Quran out there, you put the prayer mat, you put the tasbih and naturally by looking at it, it's like a constant reminder. Okay, this is like, this is my place. I need to go there. I need to spend some time in there. And that's just an effective way. And it's something we don't think about, which is sometimes it's not just kind of hyping yourself up and, and, and you know, um, trying to find intrinsic motivation. It's really just about setting up the ambiance around you to, 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 to drive you, to motivate you intrinsically for what you want to do. Um, and another really interesting point that I'll just kind of give to the uh, viewers, uh, because we did have also a viewer here who said... Um, that she set some goals for Ramadan, but the motivation is winding down. You touched on amazing points. One thing also that I heard, and I think it was from an imam, and I forget the name, I apologize, but it was that the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created so many different forms of ibadah is so that if ever, you know, we feel like, you know, maybe we get bored with one, but I shouldn't say bored is the right word, but let's say we find like, okay, we've been reading Quran for a while and, you know, it's taking us a bit more motivation to do it. 
let's just go ahead and do some prayers now, or maybe let's do some tasbih, or maybe let's do some dhikr. So there's a lot of different ways that we can engage in worship. And for that reason, it's because it always keeps things engaging. It keeps them fresh. So if you, just a quick tip that I heard uh, from an imam recently, and it's that if you feel like you're maybe having trouble staying up all night for tahajjud, well then why don't you read some Quran? Why don't you do some dhikr? Why don't you do some tasbih? Yeah. And you know, Abby, just to add to that, um, right now, everybody is online providing programming, right? Mm -hmm. So if that's your boat, listen to a lecture, listen to some of the Quran recitations that they're doing live in the massages. Um, like, you know, have a little watch party going on and listen with other people, right? Whatever floats your boat to get you into your zone. And I agree with you 200% in terms of create variety, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it becomes so monotone um, that you just kind of like, okay, I'm just doing it now, right? Yeah. But change it up, change it up. Do the Quran recitation, do the Salah, do dhikr, do different things. Go for a walk, come back. Because we all know after eating, we're like, oh, we feel like sluggish, right? Yeah. Go for a walk, like, you know, um, be inspired and then just like take a deep breath, come back and do different activities and just change it up. I feel like that will help to foster the inspiration and make du'a to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help you achieve what you need to achieve during this Ramadan. Inshallah, definitely. And so Shaheen, now I'm going to uh, give you three questions. And these are three questions that I give to every <laughs> single guest <laughs> that comes on. And uh, it's to put you on the spot, but it's fun. <laughs> and inshallah, it's, it's going to be beneficial for all the audience. So we're going to do that before we dive into some audience Q&A. Uh, and again, I just want to thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge and value openly on this live. I'm sure all the audience benefited. I got immense value as well. So thank you so much. It's been amazing so far. Of course, it's a pleasure. So guys, if you have questions for Shaheen, our motivational and empowerment success coach right here on the podcast, drop them in the comments below this live. And I'm going to ask her all the all your questions and make sure that you get the most amazing answers possible. So before we do that, guys, drop the questions in the comments. I'm going to ask Shaheen a few questions of my own. So Shaheen, number one, what's the biggest challenge you had to overcome in your business? So in terms of building this business right now of being this motivational and empowerment success coach, what was your biggest challenge in building this business? And Myself. how did you overcome it? <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. Myself. <laughs> in what um, way? You know, yeah. Um, I think... Um... When you're, when you're in that headspace of wanting to create a business, you're constantly doubting and struggling and re-strategizing and rethinking and overthinking everything that you need to do. And, you know, is it enough? Is it perfect? Do I need to tweak it? Do, okay, I'm going to wait another three months. I'm going to wait another six months. And it just keeps on becoming a vicious cycle. So it was actually a battle with myself. And I think having been dealt with a set of cards where it totally changed my lifestyle, I was like, no, man, I need to get this straightened out and like push forward. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, mashallah, I, I will say this, Abby, like, you know, Omarpreneur came into my life. And I think that also really complemented where I needed to be. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's it's it's. Uh, comfortable when you're the coach and you're being a coach for someone else and you're being a mentor for someone else. But when it's for yourself, you become all thumbs and you just don't know what to do. Um, although you have the skill set, you have the ability. It's like you're a newborn baby. You're like, okay, what step do I need to take? Am I going to do this? I need to do this. So you, you kind of need your cheer squad. You need your uh, you need a mentor to kind of set you straight and keep you to task uh, for some, for some they don't, but you mm. know, that, that mindset is there shifting your mindset to a can do attitude and renewing your intention 
and keeping to that task and keeping the people in your circle updated as well, because that I felt fostered that source of positivity and energy to keep me going. Awesome. Awesome. And, and again, you, you touched on a great point and it was again, a pleasure to be able to have you in our group. And it's that obviously it helps a lot when it comes to transforming to have other people that are rooting for you and that are supporting you through the journey, right? So if ever you're facing a challenge like that, I mean, just a, a surefire where is, hey, get a support system, get some people around you that are going to cheer you on and that know exactly where you want to be and, and kind of help you get there, inshallah. So awesome. I love the answer, mashallah. And I think it's something a lot of people need to realize. Sometimes you're trying to achieve something, you're trying to build a business, you're trying to start something in your life, you're going to need to make some changes and you might be uncomfortable because you know you might be facing some self-sabotage uh, habits that you've maybe built over the years, but didn't realize. And so I think it's a really interesting answer to that question. So thank you for that, Shaheen. It's awesome. No so second question here. And again, guys, uh, make sure to drop your questions in the comments for our Q&A, inshallah, before we get started. So what's the greatest lesson you've learned from being an entrepreneur so far? So what's, what's that biggest lesson that before being an entrepreneur, you didn't really realize as much or it didn't come to your mind? What have you learned from being this business person that you are right now? To just start. <laughs> to keep it very simple. Love it. Very Love it. simple. Um, I mean, 50 billion things are running in my head right now to share, but really it's just starting. Um, mm. I think once you start, you gain that momentum, you gain, um, you know, the positive vibes and energy that you need to continue to foster and nurture that aspiration of moving forward. Um, I think before you get there, it's just that constant block right? I, I can't, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to put myself out there. But once you do it, I feel it gets you into that headspace and that mind frame of being comfortable with what you have to offer. And, you know, reminding yourself that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you this gift. He knows that this is what your skill set is to offer out in this dunya. And mm -hmm. if the best of the best has aligned this to me, then he knows my abilities and he knows my offering and how I can uh, share that with the world. And we definitely want to leave, you know, a lasting impression and allow that to be part of our good deeds. So I feel like that's what helped me to wrap my head around just start. And I think it's extremely important and impactful. A lot of people get stuck in the planning. They get stuck in the thinking phase. Amazing value bomb. Just start, guys. Just go ahead and take action and it will come, inshallah. Last question for you, Shaheen, before we dive into the audience Q&A and all the questions we have from our live viewers. And it's, if you could meet Shaheen from, let's say, two years ago, the one that was still working at her job and the one that was volunteering and she didn't really know yet that she had this gift and, and she could do something with it um what what's you could tell her one thing what would that one thing be yeah um thank you for putting me on the spot abby <laughs> <laughs> no worries it, take your time by the way take your time you know um i would say to that person continue to be you Continue mm -hmm. to be yourself and listen to the cues and the gifts that come in front of you. Um, you know, really hone in on the circle, the community that's around you. And when I say community and circle, that could be family, friends, people you work with, mentors, coaches, um, you know, be, be in good company. When you're in good company, it really continues to complement where you're heading. And I feel that, you know, having seen that now and kind of looking at myself 
two years ago where this kind of all started, I would give myself these types of, um, you know, uh, advice to continue to get to where I need to be. Mm -hmm. So continue to be you, surround yourself with community, with support systems. So I love it. Let's dive into some audience Q&A, inshallah, as the last part of this podcast and every episode we do this, guys. So this is your chance to ask our guests questions and get answers and put them on the spot. So it's lots of fun. Go ahead and do it. <laughs> we'll do it for Shaheen. <laughs> let's do it. So um, let's go ahead and start with... So someone that says here, um, I'm more like the go with the flow kind of kind of person. I can't follow strict routines. So how does a person like that? And, and I've heard that before. I'm more of a free spirit. I'm more of a go with the flow kind of person. Um, how does a person like that stay motivated? Do Should they really go against their inner grain and, and be like, no, let me just force myself. Let's be disciplined. What should they do in that situation? Get a coach. <laughs> yes. Love it. Um, and and not, I'm not promoting myself here. Yeah, but, for yeah. sure. Do it. Um, you know, it, it, everybody needs a helping hand, right? And I feel that um, actually I, I used to be that person. <laughs> um, I used to be more a little bit of a go with the flow and be super flexible and all of that, which which is not a bad thing. But I also felt that although I was that type of person, I still had things that I was working towards and they were probably more shorter, short-term tasks than long-term tasks. So you, you don't recognize it as you're doing it, but you do have like a short-term task list or short-term goals that you're working towards. Um, and think about it, I, you know, you're, you're already in some sort of routine, whether it's your day-to-day -day routine of what you do, how you eat, um, what you wear, how you're communicating, what you love. Um, that's routine, my friend, <laughs> you know, so, so you don't recognize it when you're more of that goal with the flow type of personality. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I, I, I would say start small, right? Um, think about things that you already do that's routine for you. And then maybe pick something small that you can start to develop and stick to, um, you know, the best of the best of us, although we may be disciplined or routine, also have times and moments where we lack or where we stop or we're unable to get it done right mm -hmm. so you know having that go with the flow type of personality actually already benefits your routine because you're not going to get as upset with yourself if you're unable to complete a particular task you right. just need to adopt making sure that you you know you you reassign it to something else like another day or this i can't do so you park it right mm -hmm. and then additionally if you do feel that you need uh, support, then look into other resources or professionals that can lend their service to you to help you get to where you need to be. 100%. I think that's a really great answer. And I, I think it's the right answer, which is there has to be some sort of balance, even if you're a free spirit, there has to be some balance there in regards to, yes, remaining flexible, but also still kind of having an organizational side so you can get things done. And I think that's a really great answer that you that you brought up, mashallah. So let's dive into the next one. And this one is an interesting one. And it's one tip. What's one tip you would suggest to bring up our motivation and vibration besides dhikr and prayer? So that was relating to Ramadan and what we spoke of. So what's one tip that we would suggest to bring up our motivation to stay motivated and energized besides dhikr and prayers this Ramadan? Um, you know, one thing that I actually do is, you know, being at home, 
um, whether you're working, going to school, doing other things, um, you know, you're no longer in your work of place or um, out and about is get up and get ready, right? Like, you know, um, put, start your day so that in your mind, you know that, you know, you're not just in your PJs all day or like your house clothes all day, um, but get up and start and get ready. So like, you know, do your routine of refreshing yourself, um, you know, wear something, it doesn't have to be like work clothes, but like wear something that, you know, helps you to start your day and lounge wear, whatever it is. And, you know, have somewhat of a routine to get you up and running. And, you know, by routine, I also mean things that you love to do as well. Right. So maybe a little bit of reading, um, you know, a little activity that you may do or if you have kids, like, you know, doing something with them. So kind of like that overall balance and variety to kind mm. of give you little bursts of energy throughout the day. Um, and I would say even like um, I know we can't go out and about, but when you can go for a little walk in your neighborhood, in your backyard, maybe. Um, but, you know, try different things that will help to um foster your energy in terms of maybe some hobbies that you like right mm -hmm. it could be cooking it could be working out it could be an actual activity right but keep it small so that way it allows you to focus on the other pieces of your ibadah that you need to do this Ramadan. yes 100 i think it's a really amazing point because again a lot of people sometimes in ramadan we think like okay ramadan time to just completely change our personalities and Sit, sit in front of the Quran all day. And of course, that's going to be tough if you try to do that, right? If you're going from a lifestyle where you're doing your daily activities all the way to let me just do 100% Ibadah. So I think what you brought up is an amazing point. Have some balance in there. Add some variety so that you keep things fresh so that you can go back and you feel energized. And I think that's an amazing point, mashallah. So thank you for that advice, Shaheen. We have one more question from our audience for you. Um, and that one's, that one's going to be a pretty tough one there. So I think it's going to put you on the spot. Let's see what we can do here. So this one is, <laughs> how do people who are depressed and anxiety stricken keep themselves motivated because they may be on medication? So this is an interesting question. It's a bit of a tougher one. Someone who maybe is on antidepressants, maybe they're on pills that affect their mood. How do they find that, find that energy to, to, to motivate themselves, to, to light that fire within yeah, absolutely. As we, you know, um, we, we, especially with like Nissa Helpline, we do come across a lot of um, callers that um, come in and, and, you know, they're, they're asking similar questions and, uh, or, or even calling in with that situation and after the call feeling much, much better. And, you know, part of the, of what I'm answering is actually in there. So, you know, just to kind of give you a, a high perspective of it, um, without going into too much detail is, you know, we, we recognize that we have our struggles and we have our illnesses. Um, but at the same time, we also need to remind ourselves of the different support systems that will lend itself to giving you that boost, that energy. And that can come in different forms. And I know at times that that may be a struggle with, with yourself um, in terms of, you know, getting to that help. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it may be professional help, whether that is in person or on the phone or a video session. It may be talking to someone that you're extremely comfortable with, whether it's a family member or a friend or a group that you're inspired by or that you're connected to. Um, I'll give you some examples. Like I have some of my friends where 
you know, subhanAllah, like I have one friend where she is uh, a recent uh, widow and um, subhanAllah Ramadan for her this year is, is uh, a roller coaster. But what she's doing to turn it around is she actually joined a Facebook group where there are other widows that help her to express themselves to support each other. And she also, mashallah, may Allah reward her, put herself out there and started to go live and talking about and posting about uh, this situation that people don't talk about enough. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it depends on what your comfort level is and what you're willing to receive and what you're willing to accept as support. And that comes in many different ways. And there's no pressure to do any specific one. It really is just trying, just give it a try. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's where I feel we can be very laxed about is that, you know, we don't add the pressure to actually push someone to do it. Just, take a step back and really think about what you, how you feel you can receive that help and try it out. And if it doesn't work, um, like, you know, don't despair, try another option out, right? Mm -hmm. Join a community where you know you're comfortable with that help you to get to where you need to be. And I think that's a very effective answer. And it's when you're in that situation, a lot of times that getting support, getting help is stigmatized, right? Like we, there's a certain stigma around it, around mental health issues and around, just being open about it and, and really seeking help for it and not feeling like you're a lesser person for having this problem. I think all of us go through these types of issues in some shape or form, and it's important to acknowledge them and to seek the right support. So I think Shaheen here brings up a very important point. And it's if you actually are in a situation like this, there is some mental health issues that you might be struggling with, you need support, get your support, get your help, inshallah. And that's the first step. And then the rest will come, inshallah. So I think that's an amazing answer, Shine. Thank you so much for sharing all this value with our audience today and for joining us on this podcast. It's honestly been amazing. It's been a wonderful time. We've had so much value from having you on, uh, alhamdulillah. And so we're going to end this podcast and just let the audience know, inshallah. Guys, this takes place usually on Tuesdays every week and live inside of this group. I'll bring on guests just like Shaheen here, who are amazing in their own fields and pioneers and really experts in what they do, inshallah, to help you guys and bring you value. So make sure you tune in every Tuesday and join us for the live Q&A inside of our group so you can ask them questions and put them on the spot like we did today with Shaheen. But she came back with amazing questions. So you can definitely tell, mashallah, she's really amazing at what she does. So let's go ahead and end this podcast here. Again, thank you so much for joining everyone. And thank you, Shaheen, for joining us today. No problem. Jazakallah her and the, the pleasure was all mine and I can't wait for next Tuesday. <laughs> Inshallah, definitely. Take care. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. <laughs>